Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. In this multidimensional world, much of which is invisible to the eye, a group of non-physical entities have come here to expand our knowledge of how the universe works. These non-physical teachers are called Joshua, and they convey their teachings through Gary Temple Bodley. Each week, Gary, with a selection of Law of Attraction experts, open up a roundtable of thought-provoking discussions surrounding the teachings of Joshua. Joshua's intention is to bring clarity to the listeners through the ever-expanding Law of Attraction by looking at reality from a new perspective. Welcome to the teachings of Joshua Roundtable. Hello, everyone. This is Episode 10 of the Teachings of Joshua Roundtable. I'm your host, Gary Temple Bodley. Today is December 12, 2015. This episode is about the truth of who you really are. You are far more than you perceive. Joshua talks about the truth of who you really are in Chapter 6 of A Radical Change in Your Approach to Life. I think that a lot of us can understand that we are not living up to our full potential. But Joshua goes deeper than that. Joshua teaches us that who we really are is who we are in the non-physical. Our true desire is to emulate our non-physical self while living here on Earth. This is a big subject, and I'm excited to get talking about it. As always, we will discuss, discuss Joshua's quote of the week and the question of the week. Julie asked about her new business and how to reduce the drama and increase the flow of money. On the roundtable today, we have Steve Finitza. Hi, Steve. Good morning, Gary. Janine Kurkovich. Hi, Janine. Hi, Gary. And Michael Kutzen. Hi, Michael. How are you doing, Gary? Awesome. I'm glad you guys are here with us today. Well, it's going to be a fun day, but the funnest thing we have to talk about is our cruise. And this is a Law of Attraction cruise um, with me and Steve and Janine. And if we can twist Michael's arm, Michael, and we will be doing a jo- the first ever Joshua seminar. And there are a lot of other people on there, like Pam Grout, who will be doing a two-hour workshop. Pam Grout is the author of E-Squared and E-Cube, which are two huge books. So we're looking forward to that. It's from March 6th to the 10th, um, from California to Catalina to Mexico and back. It'll be really fun. It's a great time of year. The weather will be fantastic. And it's on a big Carnival cruise ship, so... There's tons of things to do. We're going to have a great time and go to all these workshops. So we want you all to come. If you're listening to this show, you got to come and you got to meet us. We'll have signed books for you that are free. We'll do all kinds of stuff. We'll um, have one-on-ones. It'll be a lot of fun. But to do it, you sort of need to get your act together and give this as a Christmas present to you or to someone you love or to each other and book it. By doing so, put your deposit down. Go to um, LOA Radio Network, and there's a big cruise banner on the homepage. Click on that, and then you can read more about it. And when you're ready to put your deposit, just click that you want to, you know, that you referred by me, Gary Bodley, and it'll be awesome. So I hope everyone can do that. 
So um, we're going to get started today with talking about the truth of who you really are. We're going to start with Jean telling us the quote from Joshua. Janine, can you go ahead and do that? Absolutely. Can you even glimpse the magnificence that is you from where you now stand? Joshua. So in this quote, Joshua is talking about that you are so much more than who you are being right now. And we were never taught this. We were taught probably as kids to be quiet and to listen to our parents and to behave and to conform to society and maybe one day to get a job or have a career or have a family and do that and then you live your life and then you die. We weren't taught that we are much more than what we think. What do you guys think about this? Uh, if I could jump in first, I would, t <clears throat> I would take it a little step further. And a couple times recently, I would say within the last couple of weeks, and it's when I'm in a crowd of people. We had a Christmas tree lighting ceremony. I was at a concert last night. And when there's a bunch of people around me, I get a glimpse that we're all these eternal beings playing in this playground and and we're like I, I i become overwhelmed with emotion of like how amazing this is and it's almost easier for me to see the amazingness in others right now you know right. i'm hoping it you know filters <laughs> comes back my way so uh but it's it's a very uh visceral uh, intense feeling and it's and i'm really enjoying it yeah and so often we compare ourselves and we don't you know, we, we're, we're like, who are we, who am I to think I can do this? Or, you know, um, we're never building ourselves up. I think we're even being more meek than maybe we should. And it is easier to look at other people if you take a step back and you just, you can see them for who they really are, but they never can. And we were thinking about this the other day too. We were talking about, you can always see someone else's issue, but they are completely oblivious to it. Like that, that's the blind spot. So we're living life as as less than who we are, and we don't even know it. You know, we don't even realize that we're living a limited version of ourselves. Well, the te you know, society teaches more often than not to do what's practical instead of what we're, what our real passions are. Yeah, and so yeah, I, I, yeah, we had this discussion in, even in our house yesterday, and uh, you know, I love my wife, but we disagreed on this one when we were talking to our kids. Mm. And uh, it's a, you know, it's a concern and an issue. My wife is concerned that, you know, that my kids do things that ultimately will be practical and lead them to be able to make a living. Right. And I told the kids, look, yes, you have, you know, yes, you will have to make a living, but you've got to do it through your passions. Right. Exactly right. And, and I think in, you know, with your, the kids today, the parents are a little bit more. Um, open to the idea of possibility, but you look at a lot of, um, I watch a lot of cooking shows, and you see some phenomenal Asian chefs, and every single one of them, um, who's the guy in LA that started the, the Kobe um, taco trucks, the Korean guy? Um, he's so interesting because he's just so passionate about cooking, yet his parents wanted him to be a, either a doctor or a lawyer. That was his choices. And when he didn't do that, it was just this terrible um, co conflict that he had. But he knew he had to do what was his passion. And he's this unbelievable, successful restaurateur now. 
You know, I but, see I, I see that even in my daughter. I was joking with her last week. She was cooking something on the on the uh, grill, not on the grill, on the uh, on the oven top. And <laughs> I, I and often yeah, she's she's wonderful, but often she's not as communicative as I would like her to be because she's a busy 17 year old. Uh-huh. Uh, or she doesn't have the big smile that I remember from when she was, you know, when she was somewhat younger. She was making herself something, and she looked so happy, yeah. and she was having so much fun. And I said, "Good God, you really, you know, the hell with all of this college nonsense. Really, maybe you should go to some culinary institute." Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the flow. See, and, if no, cool. and if nothing else, mommy and daddy would get better meals out of it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like yeah. that. Um, so okay, so let's just talk about. Um, the truth of who you really are. Um, and did you, you know, if you reread this chapter, because it's, it's so deep that you can read it a thousand times and get stuff out of it every time. It's really amazing. Um, and it's such a big subject that when you realize that the truth of who you are is so much bigger than how you're living now, and it's actually living life in a completely different way, because who you really are is a being of pure positive love with and love is the absence of fear. And I think that like for, for me, I'm living a lot of my life in fear and really worrying a lot about what people think of me, how am I dressed? Um, you know, am I, am I living up to agreements and things like that? Luckily for me, I live most of my life and, you know, focusing on what I like to do. It's a little bit, um, you know, I've moved in that direction. But when you realize that if, if I was to talk about my, to my 40-year-old self who was focused on making money and building a business and having a big house and a boat and a, you know, a Mercedes, um, it's completely opposite of how I live today. And that's because you're evolving and coming towards your real truth. Right. It's because I understand that for me – Going after money and building a business was in order to make me feel good about myself, to prove that I was a worthy person. So I was spending all my time proving that I was worthy of, you know, having this or being friends with these people or fitting into this group. Um, and once I lost everything, you know, and then, you know, started learning about this and meditating and becoming you know, you know, following the teachings of Joshua and Abraham, um, my life is completely taken a 180. I don't really care about my outward appearances of making money. I have no um, out, outward signs of status. I could care less about status whatsoever, or power, or trying to control the conditions. It's really interesting. If if I could have a Ferrari and a boat and not let anybody know about it. Does that still mean I, I get to have that? Sure. No, you can <laughs> you can have the Ferrari because you appreciate the Ferrari. You don't have the Ferrari, so um, you can have people look at you and think you're a worthy person, right? Yeah, it's, a big shot. It's I, the it's the it's the masterpiece of the cars that I It's I'm the masterpiece into. of the car. Yeah. It's your right. passion. For me having the when I got my first Mercedes, um, brand new, it was only because it was a status thing. That's the only reason I had it. 
Well, for you, it was the for you, it was the question of what's the sound of a tree falling if no one's around. For who, me or for Steve? No, for you, Gary. No, for, for in, me. In, in, in other words, you needed you know you needed people to actually you know for it to be to real me. for you. People had to see it. People had to perceive it. For Steve, you know, right. he doesn't need that. Steve, you right. know, Steve, Steve appreciates the art of how a particular, and again, Steve, my apologies, I'm going to butcher the description of uh, how a car works. But, you know, for Steve, it's the art of how the carburetor is just in the right place and how that makes the engine more efficient. You know, he appreciates it as this, you know, as this fabulous work of the universe. Right. Yes. So it's not a status thing for him. So it, it's aligned with who he truly is. For me, I wouldn't get window tinting on my Mercedes because then people couldn't see me. <laughs> but look, it's a beautiful thing, Gary. Look at the expansion. Look at the growth process. Look at that Gary that was in his 40s and look who the man that you are today. Right. Um, you know, we, you, you know that you're more than, that you're enough, that you're perfect just the way you are and we have to have this truth it, it's really mm -hmm. delving into our inner truth and um, i find that as i'm getting older and also as we're all practicing more of these laws that we get to that place you know we used to think uh, you know I, we talked about this several weeks ago how we I, you know you used to think you were your car when you were younger then you thought you were your home then you thought mm -hmm. you were you know what you're none of that you're so much more than all of that and it's as we and, and also, Gary, to touch on something you said earlier, you said parents today, um, you know, we're maybe a bit more enlightened, you know, as when, you know, we, I, I, I can speak for me, I shouldn't speak for we, but I was grown up like you had to follow a certain set of decorum and, you know, within the rules of society, within your school, your church, your home life, you know, and, and later on, my mom became more spiritual and, and opened up my eyes to other things. But I've started at a much younger age showing my boys, you can do this and this and this, and that's right. hopefully what you desire. But you have free will, and you should follow your passion, and then you will never feel like you worked in a day in your life. Yeah. You know, my sons um, all have revamped, especially the two in college, what they're doing. from mm -hmm. their, And I said, do it. Do it now. Don't wait. Yeah, you know, follow that passion, follow that, and it, and we're all expanding, we're all growing, and getting right. to that place. And you, you, you set some great examples just by sharing, you know, your Gary in the '40s versus today. Um, yeah. And so, uh, I don't know if, if um, yeah. So what I wrote here was that we all want to look successful, attractive, and smart, and in faking all of this, we are being less than who we really are. So that is, the, you know, that we even care because that just, if we care about these things, it means that we're trying to coerce others to like us. But it all comes down to the only thing that really matters is self-love. So the truth of everything is the same thing. We are all beings of pure positive love. And then Joshua goes on to say that all love is self-love. And Therefore, your truth is the unconditional love of self. Well, so from I, that... Right, it, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was about to say it in the chapter, what he really, you know, he talks about the truth being, you know, being this non-physical being that we all really are, and that the worry about the status or the worry about, 
you know, about, uh, you know, our perception of ourselves one way or the other really isn't what's important, but rather what is our passion? What is it that we love? And, and who going, are we and, really? Yeah. And who are we really? Mm-hmm. And like I said, you know, after we read this, I can tell you how, you know, I mean, this is both the letter that Julie wrote and Joshua's response just hit home in so many different ways for me. It was just astounding. And and uh, was it something that happened this week or or uh, just... well, in general, but in particular, something that happened this week, you know, yeah. including some uh, uh, I don't want to get into it, but some internal politics within my law firm. Oh, yeah. Okay. And, and where I was uh, where I was potentially uh, and still looking at uh, at least on and on the physical plane on being on the short end of the stick. Let's put it that way. Right. So that's just a, a perception of it right now. But. Right. And I was and I was cogitating about it and thinking about it and how to mm. respond and some very negative. Uh, I, I was in a very negative place mentally. And then when you read what Joshua says, it's like, wow, you know, you can just let so let it all go. Just enjoy life and figure and actually follow what you, you know, follow the passions instead of the instead of these perceived slights and status issues and Mm -hmm. money issues and everything else. And everything else will just flow. Yeah. And yeah, because really, if you uh, are focused on what you want and what you like and your passion, then that's when the truth of who you really are comes out. And so Joshua had gone on to say things like, we live our truth in some areas, but not in others. And that's just because you come here to explore certain areas, and in those areas you can come become very successful. Um, it's my best friend, for instance. He turned 50 and then became interested in running, and that developed interested in doing a marathon, and then he did a triathlon. So now he's like 51 years old, and he's done his first triathlon, and he's totally fit. I mean, he is the most fit, perfect, lean 50-year-old, 51-year-old you've ever seen. I think I'm but jealous. Me too. I stand next to him. I go, oh, geez, you know. And he's always doing this. Like, like we'll go shopping together, and we'll go in Publix, and he'll say, get on the scale. And I always have to, like, put my thumb on there so I don't really look like I'm – Way that much compared <laughs> to him, <laughs> but but you know for him that's what he's passionate. He's really into physical fitness, and I had been in parts of my life I was really fit as well. And just now I'm not as I walk every day, but I'm not like going to be running or going to the gym or you know I'll do yoga here and there. But I have to realize that if I was really interested in physical fitness, I would be fit as well. But to look at him and then to say that I should be like him is not fair because I'm just not that interested in it. Now, um, you know, there's other things that I'm good at that he's not good at. For one is that I live this total life of pure freedom while he's chained to a desk most of the time, you know. So, um, you know, and there's different ways of looking at that. So when you look at at the truth of who you are, it's found in what you're interested in, and anything else that you're not interested in, you don't have to worry about it, okay? You don't have to f- sell yourself short. It's just not your interest. And I thought that was a big aha moment. You don't have to be perfect in everything. Right. 
And it's not even a question of not being perfect in everything. It's it's what your interest is. That's the critical thing. Like That's we talked about thing. last week, where the person had a particular where the person had a particular gift in healing, but mm -hmm. she wasn't feeling good about it. Right. And the fact that we have a talent, you know, a perceived talent or gift, isn't what's really critical. In fact, in fact, Joshua in this in the chapter talks about the facts that you know the, the about being good at something doesn't necessarily mean that that's what you should be pursuing right it's all the interest that's the, it's the interest it's what we're here for that's so critical if when we'll because get to we all have because we all have joshua said we all have talents we're all talented in all these things he yeah. says he says he says immensely talented in every yeah. single area yeah. which that's i thought right. was yeah Right, and that's your that's focus right. Vic, from Vic being Jack move over. Yeah. You know what's uh, – we'll get to another topic on education, but when they said that it's equally as bad to um, try and to, – to praise a child for something they're doing well as it is to demonize them for something they're doing bad. Because what happens is when you praise a child for something they're doing well – they get this positive feedback loop going, and they want to keep that going, so they continue to do this thing that they may not be interested in. Um, so just because you do something good doesn't mean that that's what you're all about. If you're not interested in it, then you can leave it alone. Well, he's not saying not, not, to, not to say good things, is he? Uh, yes. not to, not to, you're not supposed to praise in, your kids? In education... Um, if you praise your child for something they're doing and say that that's a good interest, I think that if they're like interested in, let's just say, whatever it is. Um, accounting. Accounting, right? Yeah. If, they, if they happen to do good and you say, oh, my God, you are such a good accountant. You're really good at accounting. This is an aptitude for you. You should pursue this accounting thing. Well, you don't know what they want, what they're here to explore. You just – out of fear, say, well, hey, if they can get into accounting, maybe they can have a job as an accountant and I won't have to worry about them. But they may not be interested in accounting, but because you think that they're good at it and you praise them for being good at accounting, they're going to um, pursue this beyond the point of interest. And then when they want to drop accounting, you're going to be disappointed. Oh, you were so good at accounting. Now you're dropping accounting. I'm so displeased. You know, that's the thing. When as a child grows up, I know this is impossible to even imagine, but really it's not good to sway them to or away from anything. Maybe what you do is you say you're good at accounting, but you're good at anything you want to do. That's there you right. Go. Okay. You know, because if kids are like constantly coming to you for praise, well, you know, it's just this sort of a needy thing. And I don't know, you know, I don't have kids, but I'm just saying that's what Joshua says. And there's a school too, um, which is uh, uh, this. It's in. There's a bunch of them now. I'll look it up for you. But anyway, it, it turns out that the school has the exact same philosophy as Joshua does, and it's super interesting. We'll get to that maybe next week or something when we, if we'll talk about education. Oh, I, I, oh, I can't wait. It's really, really. This right. is my. Even though I don't have kids, it's my favorite topic. But. We'll get to that right. another time. Because okay. it, I find, I, well, I find all of this to be so fascinating. <laughs> I know it's really cool. You know, um, it, it, you know, you could you could practically throw a dart at all the things that Josh was written <laughs> and, and find a fascinating subject. 
We you know, another that. thing um, I was going to say, Gary, another thing they say in this chapter, though, it, um, you could be swayed by others. And when you're swayed by others, you go off path. Right. So, you know, That's I a- can have an idea for my child, but um, like Joshua is saying, follow, follow that which is your passion and desire. And you nobody know, can know I, what that is. Right. We can't project yeah. that onto them. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I, um, I really like a lot of things they say in this chapter, honestly. I, I reread it a couple of times. I got it the first time, but like you said, you reread it and something else pops out at you. That's because every time you read it once, your vibration moves to a higher place, and then you're receptive towards new information that you weren't, re- you couldn't receive before because you weren't vibrationally matched to it. And um, that's why... When people get their questions back from Joshua, they really have to read them two or three times before they get all out of it because it changes. And even if they – like Lily has – she was the first one to ask a question, and when she – even today reads it, she gets new stuff out of it. It's only two pages or three pages, so it's, it's really interesting how that works. All right, I want to get cover one quick thing before we get to the question too, and it's that most people want things because they want to escape the condition they're in. Um, they want money because they hate being broke. They want a partner because they don't. They feel lonely. Uh, they want a new job because they hate the current job, and they want a leaner body because they don't like their fat body. So, you can't want something in order to escape something else. You have to um, want something for the feeling of it because you want to experience that feeling, not to, you know, just because you don't like where you are now. That's why it's. Illness is the hardest thing. It's because people want to be healthy to escape the feeling of illness. And it always turns out that they have to ease the resistance around whatever subject it is because that is the resistance is what ended up, you know, manifesting this this illness. Um, so that's just an important thing I wanted to mention there. The universe in here, Joshua says, the universe does not understand the word not. So the key um, to getting what you want is to understand that um, you have this vibration and it has to be aligned with the truth of who you are. And those two things, your desire aligning with who you really are, which is a pure being, you know, pure positive being of love with the absence of fear, those go together to leverage the power of the universe to bring you what you want. Um, a, a, a woman wrote this week, her question was that in the first book, Joshua said that if you want a mate, but you don't like redheads, you, and your mate, the perfect mate for you or the one that's going to come, happens to have red hair, then Joshua has, then the universe will have to shape that belief through manifestation events so that you gradually reduce that limiting belief that red-haired people are bad so that you can accept this new red-haired person in your life. And she was saying, well, if I prefer someone with a certain hair color, can't I get what I prefer? And then she actually said, well, if I prefer a man without children or without a criminal record, can't I get what I prefer? And the the problem with that is you're saying, I don't want this. And the universe doesn't understand the word don't. You know, you have to go towards what you do want, not away from what you don't want. It's an and that's all in this chapter here. Yeah, it's an attractive-based universe. Right. 
Okay. And until um, you really get into the principles of uh, the law of attraction, I think I know personally I didn't understand what if I was so focused on I didn't understand that the universe didn't understand want and do not want. So right. it, you know that's why I highly encourage everyone to to read this chapter. It just gives you such a better understanding of that. Yeah, and you know we're just all in basically kindergarten here learning about this subject because it's a very deep subject and we all expect that we should be proficient at it already but there's a lot to learn so we're all moving together slowly here and I think in the years and decades to come people are going to really start to understand this at a deeper level and really be able to use it I'm hoping that we can do it too right. all right well, well yeah, it's also subtle in the it's, sense that it's very subtle in the sense that we can't use loopholes. They, you know, for example, in that chapter, he talks about, Joshua talks about the fact that you can't, you, know, you can't try to avoid what you don't like or, you know, because by focusing simply on the positive, I want good health. If the underlying, if the underlying vibration is still, I want to get away from this illness. Right. And so, right. you know, that, that, you know, normally we try, you know, humans look, you know, in our limited, in our limited logical way of doing this, the initial approach would be, well, I've got to focus on the positive and you try to escape, you know, as the way to escape the negative and say, okay, I won't say I don't want this or I don't, yeah. you know, but there is more to it. It's a, it's, there's a subtlety to this that is an important part of the, of what Josh was teaching. Um, okay. and I found that, and, and I found that to be fascinating. And it is, it's, it's like there's layers to it and we're sort of uncovering layers. Um, but one insight that I have is that if you have a physical condition that's manifested itself it was brought on by resistance to something. Unless you stop that resistance, the physical condition cannot leave. So, for instance, if you are complaining about your husband not picking up his socks on the floor, and you keep and and so you see the socks on the floor as a detriment to your happy life because now you have to pick them up or you have to yell at him or you, whatever. That's a perspective saying I'm a victim, right? The stock's on the floor, what am I, what, how could I, you know, how is this happening to me? Uh, and rather than if you looked at it and said, look at the socks on the floor, that means that I ha I'm married, I'm living with someone, I have someone in my life. Aren't I happy, you know, thankful, grateful that I have someone in my life who's leaving socks on the floors? Because if he wasn't here, there'd be no socks on the floor. So it's a completely radically different you know radical different way to approach life by looking at the things that you might complain about and actually seeing them as gifts and if you can do that then you won't manifest these conditions whether they're bodily conditions or exterior environmental conditions that alert you to the fact that you're complaining about stuff you should be grateful for how about that that's pretty deep stuff it is deep stuff. It's all in changing the approach, and I like totally it. Totally changing I the approach. I think we're all practicing right. that each and every day. 
Yeah. I did that this morning. Honestly, I had, I was emptying every hamper. Boy, I have like five of them empty. I'm like, looked at that pile. I actually looked at it and laughed. You know, I was like, yeah, so I gotcha, you know, and then, you know what you could think about, I could say, Hey, this one has a concert. This one has a, a party. Everybody's going to be well-dressed and look perfect and whatever. I just, you know, like I said, I turn on music and make it a happy thing. I could have looked at it like that. I was instead looking at the pile going, wow, he had sports. He did this. He did that. It's yeah. fine. I have three right. great kids. Imagine yeah. all people that don't have kids, you know. But in the past, Gary, sometimes I would look at that pile. I'm, really? Are you kidding me? I mean, I got to get these guys to help out or whatever, right. you know. I need to, realizing, I need to make You know what? Change. They're at work today. They're at school today. No, I, you know, I got this. You know, and I, I actually, yeah. I actually surprised myself that I kind of cracked up laughing looking at it because it didn't bother me. I realized, I, I think that's what it was. At that moment, I realized that doesn't, I'm, I'm, I was grateful for the pile. I'm yeah. glad that everyone had such great experiences this week and needed so many outfit changes. That is totally awesome. That's exactly what we're talking about here. Yeah. All right. Okay. So here's the last thing that I wrote down here was the paradox is that when you learn to live your truth, you will also learn to love yourself. You will become the person you always wanted and knew was there. Down deep, there is a part of you that wants to break free from the shackles that bind you to conform to what you think those around you want to see. You act in a way that you think others will approve of in order to gain their love. However, it is conditional love and it is resistant in nature. So you don't have to do anything you don't want to do anymore and don't worry about what people think because they're really not thinking that much about you anyway. <laughs> it's true. You think people think are thinking about you, but they're not thinking about you. That's true. You're not that important. They're thinking about how you think about them. That's what they're thinking about. All righty. Shall we get going with Julie's question? Yes. Absolutely. All right. This is a long one. I had to edit Julie's question. She had a two-page question here. So um, she was very excited about this. And uh, Michael, will you start off as Julie, but in your deep radio voice? Not a problem. By the way, Julie could be, be, could be short for Julius anyway. So for this purpose, I'm Julius. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's fine. Dear Joshua. I am in the process of transitioning from my one business I set up with a partner 10 years ago to a new one I began visioning at the beginning of the year. Having created a small business from scratch 10 years ago and going through all the processes and heartache of a business partnership relationship, I realized that it had molded me and that I would like to create a platform to help mentor other small businesses. I want to help to create relationships with corporate business and facilitate growth in the small business arena, which is much needed in our country. I think she's in South Africa, too. Got it. It's so funny as I write to you. It's like I have another parallel conversation going on in my head. Creating this business is mostly about nurturing self-belief and worthiness, and a belief that coexisting and integrating grows a healthy, happy life of exploration for the individuals involved. Along the way, there have been a few dramas. I, have been ha I am having to leave my existing business that I have nurtured for 10 years, just when it's about to really take off. I have decided to put myself first and follow my inner guidance instead of feeling like I need to react to what's going on around me. I am becoming clearer with this one day at a time. So what she's doing is there's some issue with her partner, and instead of wanting, you know, resolving it, she feels that she's... Um deciding to put herself first 
and leave. And that's what a lot of people say is I want to put my, I got to think of myself first. So I got to think of and get out of the situation. Well, that's just, well, we'll go on to see what Joshua says about that. Go ahead. Right. I have stumbled and fallen even in the new business. I have not been clear about positions in the business at the outset and there have been new and there has been drama. There have been public displays, social media of a point of view, which is essentially for me is a defamation of character. I know that this is essentially someone else's drama, but still really feeling the pain of it because it is aimed at me. So true, it is someone else's drama, but if it happens to you, it's something that you're vibrationally matched to. So you're responsible for it just as much as the person who wrote it. As I write, I keep stopping. I get a bit more clarity. As the drama unfolds, I can see where I was lacking in my self-worth and self-belief. There you go. I, I tried not to shut down my love for the people involved, but there is a self-preservation aspect. I am still working with the flow of money as one of my biggest challenges, and I am getting better at trusting that it will come as it is required. I do battle with it as I sometimes panic with the how of it. No matter how you plan, it doesn't necessarily work out that way. My questions are around dissipating the drama, flow of money, and transitioning from one business to another. I welcome your guidance wholeheartedly, and I'm so grateful that you are here on the planet during these times. In gratitude and appreciation, Julie slash Julius. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a really common question that a lot of people have, and it goes to um, her feeling, you know, the truth of who she really is. And so we're going to get into that with Steve reading as Joshua. Okay. Dear Julie, first we will talk about you and your set of beliefs, and then we will talk about your new business venture. From where you stand right now, you have a set of beliefs, some of which are limiting and some are highly beneficial. Your reality is created through your feelings, thoughts, and actions. Beliefs are strong, reoccurring thought forms, and therefore they influence your vibration quite strongly. In order to alter your perception of your own reality, in order to change your life, you must alter your beliefs, especially around your own worthiness and your expectations. You create your reality. That's it. This is your universe and you are at the center of it. That's just how reality works. Everyone in your life has been attracted to you by your vibration. How they respond to you is dictated by your vibration. How you perceive them is specific to you based on your overall set of beliefs, prejudices, fears, expectations, etc. This is why some people love the people you hate and some people hate the people you love. They are different people depending on the perception of the one doing the perceiving. So this is an interesting idea that as you are perceiving someone, they are different to you than they are to anyone else. Steve is different to his wife than he is to his children, than he is to his boss, than he is to his coworkers, than he is to us. We get a different Steve depending on who he's with. And the people who are in your life who are coming to you are different with you. So that means they are unique to you. That aspect of Steve who I know is totally different than, the, than Steve who everyone else knows. And if I could sum up my whole idea of Steve in writing – in a whole book, and Martina, his wife, did it, 
or Sienna, his daughter, did it, they would be three different books and three different people. So, so isn't that interesting? You think that you're the same person to everyone, but if you think about it, you're not. You act completely different with your employee than with your boss, than with your child, than with your dog, than with your wife, than with your best friend. You're different people. So that's, and then Joshua was saying, you know, you take anyone you love. Well, there's some people that don't like that person. And, you know, so how could they not like the person you love, right? Because it's a different person. They're confused. Really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so who comes to you is a reflection of your vibration. And if people are coming to you and not being nice to you, then there's something going on that you get to address. And if people are coming to you and are treating you exactly how you feel about yourself, which, as long as you're feeling good, obviously, then you're, you're working this out and your vibration is working it out very well. And then on the odd time that someone pops up who's not pleased with you, then you can look at that situation and you can see where is the little bump in your vibration. So this is what Julie's finding out right now. I think it's super interesting. Okay, back to you, Steve. Okay. How you perceive anyone is unique to you. How they behave around you is unique to you. Therefore, you are in complete control over your response to the behavior of everyone else. It is your responsibility to control your perception of their actions. If you judge them as wrong, you are placing blame on them without taking responsibility for your own perception. Okay, is this mind-blowing to you guys or not? Well, it, it takes you back to your, it always comes back to you. Everything is right. about you, you, you. It's like, I remember getting to the point where I was like, God, do I have to do everything? Can't anything <laughs> be done by somebody else? Yeah. You choose how to perceive their behavior. You can choose to perceive that they are being wrong or that they are being right for them. Right. Yeah, I was I was thinking about something that's going on in in my law firm and some internal politics and and one and one person in particular, and uh, this uh, this really strikes home in a very big way at a very significant time in my life. Yeah. You know. There, yeah, me too. It, it, right. It's you know, and it depends upon how I look at this person's behavior. Mm-hmm. And if you can perceive it that they're just doing what's best for them from their limited perception of what's going on and you can see the overall picture from the higher perspective then it'll make things easier for you yeah and, and you it, can make better decisions too i think and, and that's I, right and i think there's some some portion of it is if you weren't a vibrational match for it on some level it, you wouldn't even be experiencing it yeah um if you were gandhi and this happened, Gandhi wouldn't probably care, or if you're the D Dalai Lama, you know. Right. Uh, you wouldn't even or, see it. it wouldn't right. even, you wouldn't uh, notice yeah, it. Exactly. You wouldn't notice it. Yeah, it wouldn't be That's an right. issue. Now, we another have, thing is it, uh, sorry, Gary, I was going to say, if, if, if we feel we're judging someone or perceiving them as wrong, sometimes I look a little deeper in that. I, I almost want to see what the mirror image is. Maybe there's something about that that's resonating with me that I don't like within myself. Do you guys yeah. do that, or is that a female thing? I do. I look at. It, I look a little deeper into it because sometimes what I don't like about someone or judging, it's really, really reflected back at myself. It I, might be something I don't like about myself. I think that's what Joshua says. Yeah, yeah. We are um, in a situation now with one of our businesses where we own a franchise, and one of the 
franchisees is deciding to to go on her own and leave the franchise. And, you know, our agreement says she, she can't do that. But from her perspective, I can see where it makes sense for her to do it. And while I would say initially that she was being wrong, by looking at her motivations and her perception and what really it turns out is a failing on my part of, you know, really being more involved. And so I, I can take responsibility for that and then just let the chips fall where they may. And by taking the wrongness of her away from it, it just makes it so much easier to deal with the nuts and bolts of the situation without having to, you know, think of her as a bad person. And that just changes everything, I think. Makes it everything a lot easier. And and then again, too, if the relationship ends and we lose what we had, which was an asset, it's no big deal anyway. It's in the bigger picture, is it can be replaced no problem at all. We don't have to hold on to this thing we think we own. Something else will be right behind it. Yeah. Um, so without going too much off track, you want to go back to the next paragraph, Steve? Yes. You have strong beliefs about how others should behave. You judge their behavior as very good or very bad. However, when you judge, you make them right or wrong. Since there is no wrong anywhere in the universe, what you are doing is casting blame on them for not, for your own bad feeling reaction to their actions. Do you see how this all works? You are assuming that they have the ability to create in your reality. You are blaming them for influencing your reality. However, that is out of their control. In order for them to influence you, you must allow that influence to occur. You are looking at them, judging them as wrong, perceiving them as wrong, not accepting that their actions are only ever here to serve you, not understanding that they are a gift to you, not realizing that their actions alert you to your own limiting beliefs, and not accepting responsibility for your own ability to control their perce your perception. Right. That's just a huge amount of information in one paragraph. Yes. <laughs> oh, you know, yes. You're blaming that person for influencing your reality, but you're not taking responsibility for how you perceive it. And that's and, all there is to and, it. And it's a gift. It, and it's, it's a, a gift. gift. There, this whole situation is a gift. And until you can find the gift, you can have resistance. Right. So you, you are the one in charge of how you perceive everything. And you can never change another person. Because if you try to change them to make you feel better, you're going at it in the old approach to life. And, then, and the new approach to life is saying that I'm in charge of my own perception of reality. And once you flesh out what that gift is and what limiting belief you have, you're, you're a happier person. That's the whole point of it. You've, you've expanded and you're getting closer to what you really want. Yeah. And living at the highest version of yourself. Moving right. towards that direction, right. So just yeah. walk right up to him, give him a big kiss. Say, thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. As you, were as you were reading this, I thought of like a, a couple of clients in particular who have stiffed us out of money. And yes. I've, and I have over time, I, that is one of the things that I've, has gotten me so angry and so right. upset 
and the in the how dare you category. I've worked right. so hard for you, and you're taking money right out of my children's pockets, my pockets and my children's pockets on top right. of everything else. And at the end of the day, in most cases, all it's done is made me miserable personally, and 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 if anything, tied my you know then destroyed my ability to be positive and do better things that will do you know that will actually create the wealth that I want anyway. Yeah, exactly. And if you can look at that situation and understand that it, that at least you know it was a lesson, and maybe there were things that they're right on a certain level that you know if you were in their situation and you could get away with it wouldn't you try to get away with it without you know if you didn't care about morals or things like that so if you can understand their position and you can see how maybe you could have done things a little bit better and now in the future you can do things better from this new higher awareness but what most people do is they just say they're wrong they need to change i'm not changing i'm right you know, and if you're not going to change, well, you're not going to grow. That's right. Yep. Okay. okay. I'll go on here. If someone walks up to you and slaps you in the face, do you call them wrong, or do you stop and acknowledge that the slap was an indication that you are out of alignment with who you really are? If you were being who you really are, which is a being of acceptance and love, others could not slap you, call you names, or harm you in any way. This would defy the laws of the universe. Therefore, if drama ensues, it is an indication that you are not quite living up to the highest version of you. You do not blame others for this. You do not blame yourself for this. You simply take it as a reminder that you were momentarily distracted by the illusion of physical reality. And that's all we're being. It's all we're, whenever we're living less than who we really are, it's only because we're distracted by this elaborate illusion around us. Okay? Okay. We've got 10 minutes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) There are two limiting beliefs that we would like to talk about today. One is your belief that you need to prove your worthiness to yourself and to others. This will never work. You must accept that you are worthy, as worthy as any who have ever or will ever live. You must accept that others may or may not see you as worthy because they cannot see you or themselves as worthy. It is their issue, not yours. If you keep chasing this need for validation, you will keep smashing into the same wall over and over again. The reason you want to help others with their business is because you believe they will see you as worthy. However, until you see yourself as worthy, others cannot see you as worthy, and therefore they will continue reinforcing your own feelings of unworthiness. So anybody who um, has a business or a practice in order to help people most people will want to help the ones that need the most help, right? Because by looking at the people who need the most help, you feel better about yourself. Wow. But mm-hmm. that doesn't work out that way because you're not in this to help make yourself feel better. Because if you're in it to make yourself feel better, it's never going to work that way. You have to feel better first. All right. Keep going with this next paragraph, which is good about this. Okay. If you are to pursue this business idea, you must first find your own feelings of worthiness. Here's how you can tell if you have reached a stable feeling of self-worthiness. Your clients will be more successful than you. If you are working with those small business owners who are struggling because they have similar issues of unworthiness, then you know you have not validated your own level of worthiness. 
If you are working with clients who are extremely self-confident and successful, then you can rest assured that you have reached a similar level of self-worth. Pretty interesting. Okay, next one. You believe that by helping fledgling and struggling small business owners, you are doing good for the world. But there is no world. It's an illusion. There's only you. What you are doing is trying to make yourself feel good by working with those who feel worse about themselves than you do. By contrast, you feel better. However, you have done nothing to vibrationally rise above your own limiting beliefs about self. You must reduce the intensity of these limiting beliefs by realizing there are no levels to worthiness. All are worthy, all are unique, and comparison to others causes the feelings of unworthiness. Okay, very interesting. Now we're going to go on to the subject of money, which is I want to get to. So go ahead to that one, the next paragraph. Okay. Money is rarely important in the moment. In the present moment, you have no need for money. As you read this letter, you may or may not have money in your pocket. It is not needed in this moment. There is nothing you can do with the money while reading our letter. Money only has value when you are imagining your future. Since you are imagining the future, you can imagine it with money rather than without money. It is your imagination. Use it to feel good and you will create a good feeling future. Use it to worry about the future and you'll create a bad feeling present. <laughs> Is that interesting? <laughs> yeah, it was. For, so the only thing worry can do is create a bad feeling present. <laughs> if you're worried about the future. <laughs> and, and it probably isn't good for the future, too. Right. It probably right. doesn't help. Yep. Okay. Um, forget about money and practice feelings of worthiness. Do what you want to do because it's interesting, not because you hope it will make you feel more worthy or better about yourself. Until you come to terms with your own worthiness, until you realize that this isn't all an elaborate illusion, until you understand that you are the center of your unique universe, you cannot find the success you are looking for. You must realize you are already successful. You believe that starting a business and getting it to the point where it makes money is success. You believe that at some point, everything will level off and become easy and smooth. You are forgetting that life is a journey of expansion. It is a never-ending process of evolution. You will never get to the place where everything is easy, because when you do, you'll get bored and thirst for more expansion. So just realize one thing above all. You are already successful. Are you different now than you were 20 years ago, 10 years ago, 1 year ago? If the answer is yes... If you feel that you have grown and evolved, then this is proof of the only success that will ever matter. You are successful and you are worthy, and you can have everything you want as soon as you realize that fact. <laughs> Joshua. Yeah, that's a good answer there. It is, and, and it's something that I, I always think, oh, I can't wait till this happens and I can just yep. relax and sit back. And, and no, no, it's, you gotta, you got to realize Somehow you got to bring it now in your head. <laughs> I'm playing this video game right now. It's called Boom Beach. And what you do is you uh, have this beach head and you have these defensive um, guns and different kinds of things. And then you build this little army and then you attack other beach heads. And as you attack them, you win rewards. But as you get um, attacked by others, you lose rewards. So use your rewards, which is like money and wood and... Um, 
and iron and you build bigger defenses and bigger armies so you can attack but the other guys get more powerful too so you're constantly doing it now how this game makes money is that you can make this stuff go faster by by buying coins right by buying mm -hmm. diamonds actually and then you can instead of waiting a half hour for this thing to get built you can have it built instantly so you get more powerful, but then you're still in the same arena with other people who are more powerful because the people you meet are based on your power anyway, right? And so I have a friend who's doing it, and he's like, I hate this game. I spent like $300 on it already. <laughs> and I go, I haven't spent a penny. He goes, well, I'm at level 55. Well, I'm at level 45. I said, what's the difference? There's right. no difference. You're not doing anything differently, it's so why rush? <laughs> right. Wow. So that's that's what life is like. You know, that's the uh, rat race. You're describing the rat race. Yeah, you're, there's no rush. Just just uh, work on yourself and allow things to evolve. So this question is on the website. It should be on by today. Um, every week we put the question of the week on the on the website, but we also um, email us to everyone who's on the list. So if you want to be on the list, go to theteachingsofjoshua.com. Click on the uh, weekly newsletter comes out every Saturday morning. It has the quote, it has the question of the week, and it has like what's going on the cruise, and I think Joshua's in Law of Attraction magazine this month, and so things like that. So it's cool to be updated that way. We're sort of doing Twitter and Pinterest and sort of doing Facebook, but that's all, you know, everything's on the website. Just go there. Remember, the most fun thing you can do is go on this cruise. This is going to be really a fun cruise, and I can't wait for it. This it, I just I can imagine what this is going to be like. I'm, I'm looking forward to being with other like-minded people where I don't have to feel like I have to, you know, hide or whatever, you know. Steve, you don't have to hide. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm coming out to my parents. <laughs> you know, attending something like this, this is when I experience blissful moments because I'm in a situation where I want to be with like-minded people. I experienced uh, that recently, and I'm so looking forward to this cruise. Yeah. It's going to be fun. I think I'm looking forward to our party tonight, Janine. I think yes, as am I. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wish you guys live closer. Right, Actually, yeah. today's one of the most gorgeous days in Palm Beach. Uh, it is absolutely it. perfect. It's it like, is one of the most perfect days of the year, honestly. I hate yeah. to you know, We're actually get out there if someone's not experiencing good weather. but it's We're having a great uh, spate of weather in New York. Oh, great. Really? Yeah, we're having one of the warmest Decembers I can remember. Yeah. Now, that's probably not good for the globe, but it's <laughs> but it's certainly wonderful to live through. Well, yeah. It's it's always nice in Southern California, so I don't I don't really need to say anything. Yeah, except your ocean <laughs> is freezing. Our ocean is like 78 degrees, your ocean's like 40. Well, now it's like 74. We have El Nino going on, so it's, really? we got, we have crazy fish that we never have off the coast here or are, are wow. here. So it's kind of weird. Well, you guys, this was a, another unbelievably fun and wonderful roundtable. It's great having you guys with us. We are going to be back here again next week, which will be the 19th, right before Christmas. And um, uh, and we'll have another topic. I don't know what's going to be. It's something new every week. So stay tuned. And uh, if you want to ask Joshua a question, go to the website. It's fun. It's easy. It's free. And I love getting your questions. So everyone have a great week, and we will talk to you next week. Bye, everyone. Okay, see ya. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Teachings of Joshua Roundtable with Gary Temple Bodley. We will be back next week with another fun discussion. 
If you would like to ask Joshua a question or read more of Joshua's teachings, please visit us at theteachingsofjoshua.com. See you next week. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.